Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I thought it'd be really fun to do something new and I wanted to do a giveaway featuring some of my favorite products worth over $200. There is my favorite probiotic, really absorbable magnesium from Jigsaw Health, hydroxypatite toothpaste for restoring tooth enamel, Fullwell's prenatal, mouthwash floss. All of that can come to you in a box if you enter the giveaway, which is totally free. I am just asking for your endorsement with a five-star review. So all you have to do is search for this podcast in the iTunes app or go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. Or I have another shortcut for you. You can just text giveaway to 605-223-0215. That's texting giveaway to 605-223-0215. And I'll send you the exact directions on how you can write a review really easily and enter our awesome giveaway during the entire month of November. So can't wait to get your entries. Thanks so much. It is not an all or nothing type of a deal. So becoming aware and recognizing that the feet are a really important part of the body and that we can take care of them is the first step. Stress is the inflammation that robs us of life, energy, and happiness. Our typical solutions for gut health and hormone balance have let a lot of us down. We're over-medicated and underserved. At The Less Stressed Life, we're a community of health-savvy women exploring solutions outside of our traditional Western medicine toolbox and training to raise the bar and change our stories. Each week, our hope is that you leave our sessions inspired to learn, grow, and share these stories to raise the bar in your life and home. Access to functional or specialized medicine testing and standard blood work is a big piece of personalizing care plans to help our clients succeed. But getting accounts with multiple labs and ordering and tracking results from many different web portals slows efficiency by bogging us down in admin work. This is why I'm completely obsessed with our podcast sponsor, Rupa Health. It's a single portal that allows you to order from over 20 specialty labs in one incredibly simple dashboard. I'm talking less than 30 seconds to set up your free account and about 30 seconds to order the labs you need. All the results are in one place and I can securely send clients their results with the click of a button. A big advantage for our clients is that standard blood work can be ordered for almost two thirds less than other direct to consumer lab sites. 
Rupa is a lab concierge. So they send the lab invoices on your behalf of a client pays for their own labs. They help them get set up with a lab draw, navigate testing questions, and they provide the requisition forms. It's literally a dream. Go sign up for free to help streamline your practice and simplify ordering labs for your clients at rupahealth.com. That's R-U-P-A health.com and let them know I sent you when you sign up. You can also check out the show notes for this episode for a short video walkthrough of how I use Rupa Health in my own practice. All right. Today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Anya, who is a barefoot shoe expert and entrepreneur. After years of chronic foot pain, she discovered natural footwear and how it impacts the body from the ground up. Today, she works to help people find real solutions to their foot pain through better shoes and better habits. You can find barefoot shoe options for the whole family for every occasion and budget at anyasreviews.com. And we're going to get all into it. So I invited Anya here because I frequent her Facebook group and her website for looking for different shoes. And we're going to talk about Anya's story in a moment, but we were just talking about what we do in real life when we're not in Zoom meetings like this. And I was telling her how I had a client yesterday who told me that she's going to see the chiropractor every week. And I said, well, what are you doing all of the other 24 hours of the day, every other day, except for the 15 or 30 minutes that you're there. It's great that you're there, but all of those other things are building up to create potentially the need to go often. And so what we're really talking about today, I think is alignment and strength of an area that we don't always think about. And I may have mentioned it here on the podcast before, but after I had a couple of babies, I was dealing with kind of recurrent lower lumbar pain. I knew that it was flared if my diet was more inflammatory, but then one summer, it just wasn't a problem. And then I observed, oh, all I wore all summer, which this is not exactly the same, but what I want to say is I was basically wearing shoes without a heel. And I know we usually think tennis shoes don't have a heel, but they do. They do have a heel. So I was wearing super flat shoes, so like flat, flat shoes, like a, a type of a Birkenstock and some other ones. And the combination of that and reading a book by Katie Bowman about body mechanics and realizing that a tiny little heel. So if I would wear my tenant, my normal tennis shoes, my Solomon's with the heel, I would have that back pain the next day. Because if you're walking around in a shoe all day and it's creating an arch in your back, it's a problem. So that was my nutshell of like, here's why I want to tell you about this because it's really important because how many people deal with back, hip, and knee pain? So why don't we hear from you, Anya, a little bit about your story and how you got into this because now it's like a deep, dark rabbit hole. Well, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Krista. I'm excited to be here on the podcast with you. So my story started out with pain also because isn't pain a great motivator to find solutions? Um, so I also was dealing with pain while I was pregnant and postpartum. There were some warning signs throughout my life that I had really weak feet and weak hips, but I was able to kind of mask them through art support and supportive footwear and also not being super active so that I didn't have as much pain. But it all kind of came to a head when I was pregnant with my second child and I developed really severe big toe pain and I could barely walk. I went to the podiatrist and I was prescribed orthotics and super stiff shoes that had a kind of like a clunky heel on it, like you were saying, the tennis shoes with the thick heel. And it really did not help. Like actually it made things worse. My back started going. So now it was no longer just foot pain. It was also back pain and hip. Like my right hip was always screaming at me. And I kind of bumbled along for a while until I discovered that same book that you mentioned, Whole Body Barefoot by Katie Bowman and Minimalist Footwear. 
And I realized that I had been masking my symptoms my whole life by bracing my foot and supporting it externally and not letting my feet learn how to move on their own and not strengthening the intrinsic muscles of my foot and of my whole posterior chain, you know, like you mentioned, low back, hips, glutes, knees, ankles, all of those parts had been underused. So I went through the journey of changing my footwear, but not just my footwear, also strengthening my whole body, changing some lifestyle habits so that I was sitting in chairs less and getting more variety to my movement diet and walking more. And and then of course, the main thing that we're talking about today is the barefoot shoes, the unsupportive footwear with a foot-shaped toe box and no heel at all and thin flexible soles so that you can really move naturally in them. So that was how I discovered the whole world, the barefoot shoe world, the barefoot lifestyle world. And then my website and my resources kind of came after that because I realized there was this big space, this big hole online where people were not talking about it from a lifestyle perspective. There was the book Born to Run, which was huge and, you know, vibrant five fingers. And there was kind of a movement around athletics, but there wasn't as much of a movement around daily life for regular people. So I saw this need to help people find natural footwear options that could fit into everyday situations, like whether it's winter boots or work shoes or just kind of like casual everyday stuff. So that's kind of how my journey started. Thanks for taking us back to the five finger movement, because I think people are going to brace themselves and be like, no, on the barefoot shoes immediately. And that's kind of, I remember trying on minimalist or whatever shoes back in the day and being like, these suck, Mm -hmm. but you don't just jump right into it. So that's kind of my first plea is understanding body mechanics. And there's people who are experts, but when you go to the PT, when you go to people who work on functional movement, chiropractors, whatnot, they will say a lot of pain comes from the feet, right? And Mm -hmm. stability from the feet. If you your hips are out, it's from your knees. Well, your knees are, you know, over your feet. And so we have a lot of like alignment issues that start there. Let's talk about when you were talking about the shoe that you were given from the podiatrist, I wrote down trip worthy shoes because this is how I feel about, you know, when I'm hiking, I've been wearing like, I'm like, I feel like a mountain goat. (laughs) I feel, I feel everything. I never feel like I'm in a trip or slip or anything like that. And with these other hiking shoes, I look at those and I think like, I remember tripping on these big, front ends and like tripping over a rock. That's what it reminds me of. Like if I look back, I tripped more with these clunky dance goes and other things I used to wear to work than I like ever have now. Now I feel nimble (laughs) as a total side note, but that's kind of what we give people. We like shove them into a, a box and that's the whole thing about let's call it like foot flexibility and strength movement first. Like I know it's barefoot, but we sometimes have like a negative connotation around that. So what do our normal shoes do to our feet right now? What's the issue with most shoes on the market? Sure. Yeah. And you make a really good point about, I just wanted to make a point that there are two really big school of different school of thought. So I went to a podiatrist and I got the stiff supportive shoe. And then you talk to somebody else and who says barefoot is best. So I think informing yourself and educating yourself is really the best thing you can do to make your own decision. So the issues that I have with the common shoe that you find either prescribed by most health professionals currently, or just when you go out shopping are a few things. First is the toe box shape. And this is one that it's kind of like a lot of people have an aha when you just 
look down and you visually inspect the shoes that you're looking at and you put your foot next to it. And then you can see that almost every single shoe you're looking at, even sneakers and orthotic shoes and things that are marketed as being healthy footwear, they have a tapered, like an almond shape where it comes to a point and it doesn't match a natural human foot shape. So this is just something that regardless of how you feel about arch support or, you know, stiff shoes being necessary for certain people, whatever, this is something that is just kind of objectively not ideal for feet because we know that bodies take the shapes of the things that we force them into, you know, like corsets or like there's lots of examples in the world of people who adjust, they, they actually physically reshape their body through structures. We're doing that to our feet with pointed toe boxes. And women in particular are more prone to bunions and foot deformities. And the evidence is pointing to fashion footwear, pointy-toed shoes. But again, it's not just the fashion shoes. It's also even the shoes that are marketed as being healthy footwear. They have that almond shape. So one of the biggest differences between quote-unquote regular shoes and barefoot shoes is the natural foot shape. Shoes Second. A corset for feet. Sorry, just yes. wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yes, there's lo- there's lots of a uh, cast, you know, brace. There's lots of uh, foot binding <laughs> devices, <laughs> straight jackets. There's a lot of uh, terms you can use to describe it. It's restrictive on your toes. The second feature that really differentiates barefoot shoes from most shoes that you see is the heel. And you mentioned this, that even sneakers have a fairly sizable heel or ballet flats that you find at the store or online. They usually have a little tiny heel lift and it may not be a stiletto, but any type of a heel will raise your lift up your heel and push your center of gravity forward, which has ripple effects throughout the body, even all the way up to the neck because you're either leaning forward, you know, that angle is going to get greater the higher up you go in the body and, or you will compensate by putting a bend in your knee or arching your back extra so that you can get your shoulders back over your hips, doing compensations that stress your joints unevenly. And the higher the heel, the greater those compensations are going to have to be. So any type of a heel has an effect on your body. And so all barefoot shoes are completely flat from heel to toe. And that's that's different than sole thickness. You can have a shoe that is fairly thick, but your heel and your toes are the same distance from the ground. So that's what zero drop is. Yes. And in other words, a barefoot shoe doesn't mean that the shoe doesn't have support from a thickness of sole or Mm -hmm. arch support necessarily. I'm just reiterating. It just means the same thickness from front to back. So I think I read once, and this is why I think this is a really key point because people are like, I wear flat shoes. I wear tennis shoes. Like, no, that's not flat. I mean, I I dramatically saw this with my own eyes. I believe the definition, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you have a lot of shoes and do this for a living, uh, is a, is a zero drop essentially less than seven millimeters or less than five millimeters. So zero drop is zero. Like it's, it's literally no elevation whatsoever from the heel to the toe. So you could have a 10 millimeter thick sole, but it's 10 millimeters under the heel and 10 millimeters under the ball of the foot. Okay. If it's anything greater than zero, then it's what you'd call a positive heel. Okay. So the heel's higher than the toes. And that is something that I try to avoid no matter what, 
But some people who are transitioning, they might go with something small, like a five millimeter heel rise, which would be considered a minimal shoe. And mm-hmm. you think like five and below is fairly small. Mm-hmm. So if you're used to like a lot of running sneakers are 10, 12, 14 millimeters, where that's how much higher the heel is than the ball of the foot. Mm-hmm. That's a fairly high right. heel drop. So as you go down, then you're going to be getting more and more into alignment. But the ideal is zero. So absolutely no rise between the heel and the toe. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that's a great reference point that athletic shoes are maybe over 10, over 12, mm-hmm. 14 millimeters. And so let's actually talk about transitioning because, you know, if you're wearing a big, thick sole, anything, jumping straight into barefoot is going to feel probably very unusual, uncomfortable, abnormal. And I think about my own transition, I feel like I was lucky because now my local stores don't even carry this shoe anymore, which is unfortunate. There was the Merrill Trail Glove at the time which had a pretty thick sole. I remember it having a very nice arch that hugged my arch. I don't really resonate with having super high arches, but you know, not flat. And I tried that. I'm like, oh, this is like a glove. You know, this really is. And their next shoe is the glove or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky to be able to try that on in a store. Right. And that's kind of yeah. one of the challenges is that you can't always try these on in the store. Yes. So yes. Yeah. what are your thoughts about trying to transition? Because this is where I think people could try to go big and then they do go home. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And this is really the premise of my website, onusreviews.com, is helping people navigate this because it is difficult to find these shoes in person. It's not impossible. If you're in the US, Ultra is in a lot of running stores, Zero Shoes is at REI, the Merrill Vapor Glove or the Glove Line, which is a minimalist shoe line, can also be found some places, but those mainly like athletic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're lucky enough to be able to try it on, great. If you're not, I highly recommend checking out my website where I talk about the different brands, how they relate to each other. So if you're kind of wanting a thicker sole to start with, then there are resources that help you find that. If you've been barefoot a lot, like if you're already feeling really comfortable walking around completely barefoot at home or in the summer, you do a lot of barefoot walking, then you might be more comfortable with a thinner sole. And so you can find all of those options at onusreviews.com. But you are totally right that it can feel really overwhelming at first. And especially if you're like, oh my gosh, I've been torturing my body all these years with these terrible shoes. So I really want to stress to people that it is not an all or nothing type of a deal. So becoming aware and recognizing that the feet are a really important part of the body and that we can take care of them is the first step. And just taking off your shoes more, wiggling your toes, walking around barefoot, seeing if you can walk around the block barefoot, you know, trying to just get a feel for where your feet are at, because likely it's very common for people to not pay attention to their feet very much. So just kind of getting acquainted with where you're at first before you even go for new shoes. And then once you are starting to think about what shoes you want to replace, Think about which ones you wear the most often, which ones are getting worn out that you need a new one for, and just start with one. So if you like to walk a lot, and so walking shoes are really important to you, then maybe try a walking shoe first, and then you could wear your barefoot walking shoe one day and then go back to the other one the next day and kind of alternate back and forth. Or your work shoes are killing you, your feet are hurting you at the end of the day, then maybe check out my dress shoe options and see if there's a truly flat 
a shoe with a little bit more toe box space that will work for your to wear to work. And then you can do the same thing there. Wear it one day, go back to your old shoes another day and get a feel for how it's working for you. And then over time, as shoes need to be replaced, then you can just opt for a more natural version, a barefoot version. And then eventually over time, most people end up really liking it and it becomes a little bit easier for them to figure out what their preferred brand is or, you know, what their preferred sole thickness is. And then you can kind of get into a rhythm. It's better, in my opinion, to do it like that instead of dropping a ton of money on a bunch of different shoes. And then you might have to return a whole bunch of them. Have you ever done that? Have I ever done that? (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) I only ask because I've seen your shoe collection. But after I experienced not having lower back pain, I really didn't want to bring it back. You know, in summer, you wear fewer shoes. And I was wearing rubber Birkenstocks, which, you know, I could stretch my toes out in. Were they like the ideal long-term option? Not necessarily. I still use them. I wouldn't walk miles in them. But, you know, they're even from front to back. I was wearing Teaks, which are an expensive ballet flat, which have, you know, the same essential like cushion thing. I want to talk about a couple brands just because people may have something that fits this bill. And then let's talk about like what you can do now, which is, you know, foot exercises, but just on a couple brands, there are expensive shoes. I think the other thing that you always see pictures online about is that you have a really flexible sole. So you're Mm -hmm. feeling the ground. I think like we've been conditioned to think that that's not a good thing. Well, if I can feel the ground and my muscles and feet can adjust around these rocks, it's actually wonderful. Like, I mean, years ago, I paid good money for this mat I'm standing on right now at my mm-hmm. standing desk that has edges so I can exercise my feet. You can use balls and roll around under your feet. And when you do things like that, it's really incredible. My daughter had bunions, most likely from poor footwear, right? It tends to be the reason. And I remember in that book, there's something called, I think, jewel toes, and they kind of hold your feet apart. You can also stick mm-hmm. your fingers between it, but you can... Yes exercise your feet and kind of reshape your foot. People post pictures of themselves doing it all the time in your groups, you know? So there's plenty of evidence there. Anyway, back to some cheaper shoe options for people who might want to dabble without spending $150. And so these are the ones I've seen. And I'd love to know if you think that they would be an okay beginner option. Mm -hmm. Um, So one, I already talked about kind of my transition. There might be some flats that are actually comfortable that you have that are good, but it's a matter of can you wiggle the toes big time? Mm-hmm. Some of the like barefoot brands, also my water shoes are flat, but there is one on online, Sagaro, Sagaro, S-A-G-U-A-R-O. Yeah, that's like 20 to 30 bucks. That can yes. be a water shoe or a regular shoe. There's also this, what is it? Whiten or Whiting's brand that's pretty... Yeah inexpensive. So I'll be curious to see what you think. But I think the thing that I see people posting all the time is that flexible shoe where they're like twisting up the shoe. So it's super flexible, meaning like it'll move with your foot instead of holding your foot in the straight jacket. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that is interesting to me because with babies, we intuitively know that they walk better Mm. and they have better balance when they're barefoot or when they're in super, super thin, flexible shoes that they can Mm. feel the ground in. And for some reason, once they get to be school age, then we take that away from them. And then we stuff them in shoes where they can't feel the ground anymore. Mm -hmm. But really that intuitive knowledge that we have about how babies learn to walk applies to us as adults. 
that we benefit from that sensory input from the ground and it actually makes us more stable and we move better. We have better posture, better gait when we can feel the ground. And I've heard this over and over from people who thought that they could never be barefoot because they have, you know, some like joint issues, rheumatoid arthritis, or they're older in age and they feel like, oh, you know, I'm just completely gone from that. I have to wear those supportive shoes, but then they're falling. And then they move back to the really thin, flexible soles, and then they suddenly feel like they can actually walk better. But anyways, I got off a li- on a little tangent. It's good. So. <laughs> it's, good. it's a good tangent. Um, I was so going to ask you, yeah, if you would echo those inexpensive shoes as being an okay starting place, or yes. maybe you'd recommend something else. Yeah. So those two brands you mentioned, Saguaro and Witten, I do have those myself, and they are great options. They do have a tiny bit of a heel rise in the insole that comes with it. So I just remove it myself. If you're new to barefoot shoes, then you might want to leave it in, see how you feel about it, remove it after a while to see if that feels good. Without the insole, they are extremely thin and flexible. They're zero drop, very minimal. And for 20 to $35, it's a pretty darn good find. I do have a list of affordable barefoot shoes at onnewsreviews.com, both for adults and for kids, starting at under 25 for adults and under 10 for kids. So it's more about learning what to look for in a shoe, and then you can kind of apply that when you go shopping. It does take a little bit more digging. That's why I created the resources to help you. But even Walmart and Target, you can find some decent stuff if you're like, you know, peeling out insoles and kind of mashing on the shoes in the store, figuring out how they feel, then you can definitely find some affordable options. Yeah. What has a flexible sole? What has a good shoe shape so your toes can move if possible? And then the heel for, I think for both of us was the big tipping point on where it Mm -hmm. took the arch out of our back, you know, so we weren't having that pain. So just kind of reiterating those tenants because it doesn't have to be labeled as such. The shoes I accidentally wore all summer, the Birkenstocks and the Cheeks absolutely are not advertised as barefoot shoes whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They just happen to be the same. Some of the features. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the sole thickness was the same from front to back. That was the difference. And I was already exercising my feet was the other key piece, you know? And when I'm saying that, like, I'm stepping on a ball all day in the office or I'm stepping mm-hmm. on things or you put your fingers between. And the book that we both referenced that both helped us, was, is it Whole Body Barefoot? Yes. I always, I bring it up in client sessions all the time. I say, please don't judge it by its cover because we have preconceived notions about what barefoot means. Please just look at it for the pictures. Like I, mm-hmm. I read it mostly on the way to a movie one night because it's so many pictures. Yeah. It's just condensed. And it's a thin book. I always appreciate thin books <laughs> so I can accomplish <laughs> and finish them. But yeah. there's just some like good self checks on looking in the mirror, looking at your alignment, realizing like, oh my gosh, this is out of whack. And I just think about, I haven't transitioned my kids fully, like, but when I'm shopping for shoes, I'm looking for a more flexible sole. Mm-hmm. Um, the only shoes that taught that have survived my boy's boyishness were the play <laughs> shoes and now he's outgrowing them. Yeah. So I need to go look at the list because some of these brands are international and it is nice to have like these pull on flat shoes. Do you have comments for like with kids, anything that you want to throw out that you're like, oh, consider this if your kid is, I mean, you said you have a list. We talked about some adult brands. Is there any mm-hmm. other kid brands that might be a good starting place? Because everyone's spending 10, 20, 30, $50, maybe more on kids' shoes, right? It's, right. So, yeah. Or would you say start there? So, there 
I would definitely check out my lists on my website for some options because, you know, different kids have different opinions about what they want to wear. I have two boys also and they're sneakers all the way. They will not do like moccasin style. Like, you know, it's got to be a typical American sneaker look. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they won't wear it. So one of our favorite brands is called Splay Athletics or Splay Shoes. And they have a really nice thin sole, a really great foot shape, and they are around $40. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a coupon code with them for 10% off. It's Anya's Reviews. So you can get a little bit of an extra discount there. But those are what my oldest son has been wearing for years now. He just wears them day in, day out and loves them because they look like a normal shoe. I like them because they're cheap and they feel good. With kids, it can be tough. I was kind of lucky because I started them young and they see me work. You know, this is my job is has to do with all of this stuff. So I'm always getting new ones and taking pictures of them and, you know, having them try it on. And we talk about how they feel in them. And so my son really has the language to know that he can move better he feels more comfortable and he just likes the feeling of freedom in the barefoot shoes. So he's good. You know, he's an easy sell because he's had both and he prefers the barefoot shoes. When kids get older and there's some more social pressure, it can be a little bit difficult. And I think that my advice without having, you know, my oldest is eight. So without having gone through that myself, my uninformed advice would be to not stress it terribly, but try to have conversations and present them with options. And maybe they'll find one or two that they like, and they can kind of swap between the two and hopefully discover for themselves that they also feel more comfortable in natural footwear, but that, you know, there's no need to like make kids hate you forever by forcing them into shoes that they think are hideous. <laughs> right. But no. but there are tons of options. And so with my boys, it's been easy to show them like five or six and say, here, this is what you can pick from. Which one do you like? And then, you know, they pick one, but I've selected the options that I presented them with and they're all natural footwear options. Mm -hmm. so. All right. One more comment on like popular shoe look and then some other questions. So Converse is back in. And if mm -hmm. their toe box was just a little wider, they might yes. be a fit, right? And they're super cool and popular. Could you size up a half a size and get enough wiggle room? Is there another brand that looks, I mean, you can't, when a shoe is really cool, you got to stick to the brand usually, but I haven't mm -hmm. seen, I always thought like, oh yeah, I should just slip on some Converse. That would be kind of cool. But the toe box is a little bit almond shaped, right? Yes. Comments. Yeah. So Converse is not a terrible shoe choice, but the toe box is really, I would say it's more than just a little pointy. It's like pretty, pretty narrow in there. So sizing up can help. There are a few options that look really similar, but have a wider shape to them. Bohempia has a Converse with the white toe cap style and they are in Europe and in the US. So, you know, shipping is fairly easy there. And if you like the casual sneaker look, but it doesn't necessarily need to have the rubber toe cap, there are, you know, Field Grounds is another option. Groundies has some really cool sneakers. So there's quite a few that I would think are better. But if you love Converse and you need to wear Converse or Vans, then maybe playing around with the size can help. Also, the insole, I like to peel it up and see if there's a heel wedge. You know, sometimes 
the shoe that looks pretty flat will have a hidden little wedge underneath the insole. See if I can rip that out. That's an option. But Vans and Converse are two shoes that I hung on to for a while. But eventually I had to get rid of them because they hurt my, squished my toes too bad, badly. Mm-hmm. After you got so, used to wider yes, toe boxes. Yes, right. yes. So the, the Vans, Vans were my favorite forever. The Vans slip-on sneakers. And I found some really great alternatives that I love. But again, you can check out on my website. But yes, if you love Vans, then they're not going to be absolutely destroying your feet compared to like some other options. But you might find over time that you prefer more space. Yeah, might be part of the transition of taking away the heel, having a flexible sole, even though the toe box isn't all the way there. Trying to reiterate those like tenants of a good barefoot shoe. Yes. Um, all right. What about someone who says, this is cute, but what about feet that need protection? And I need mm-hmm. to like not drop crap on my toes um, yes. because these shoes are like thin and don't offer protection in this out in the elements. You know, I've got farm kids or whatever, right? Like insert XYZ job. Yes. So a great point. And this is something that is in flux as barefoot shoe brands become bigger and they're offering more options. But I have done a lot of research on this because I do think that it is important for people who have jobs that require them to be in boot work boots or particular type of shoes all day, every day. They need options so that they're not damaging their feet. So I have a list of some barefoot work boots or barefoot-ish, you know, that give you some as much toe space as possible and are flat, but still have non-slip soles or a steel toe over the ankle, whatever you need to protect your feet. Those are also on my website. The best one that I found so far is actually a Birkenstock brand, the Birkenstock QS 700, which once you remove the insole out of it, it's actually flexible for being a steel-toed, you know, anti-slip electrical safety hazard (laughs) work boot. It is surprisingly flexible. So that's one I recommend if you are need like a heavy duty work boot or like firefighters, my neighbor is a firefighter and he's getting that one for his work because most of those work boots have that really like thick, heavy Mm -hmm. heel that can really wreck your back. But this one still has the sole that's sturdy. It's just uniform thickness. It's not, doesn't have a higher heel. So that's one that I would recommend. I also have hiking boot options. If you do like really intense hiking or, you know, some athletic stuff like ultra running, and you just need a little bit of a bigger sole, or you need a little bit of ankle support there are quite a few options there. Like the Vivo Barefoot has a hiking boot called the Tracker that's got like a super grippy, heavy duty outsole. And it also comes up around the ankle so that you get a little bit of support there if the hiking is tough on the ankles. So there are options. Well, and it's been fun because I know you, um, how many shoes do you think you own, Anya, as a a (laughs) side effect of this job? So I believe it's close to 300 pairs of shoes. Yeah, it's intense. intense. (laughs) At this point, people probably send you shoes, but at first, I mean, I would assume at first you had to buy all your shoes. (laughs) Maybe. So I have a relationship with almost all the barefoot shoe brands at this point, and I don't do any paid posts or any sponsorship. So I'm like, how about this? You just send me all of your new shoes every time you get new ones. And then I'll just keep doing my work and you'll get trickle down effects of all the people coming back to you to buy shoes. Mm -hmm. So that's fortunately at this point, I am not buying most of the shoes that I have. 
but I'm able to stay up to date on everything that's new and coming out so that I can, you know, share information about it and help direct people to the ones that are best for their needs. But at first, when I first started, it was like a business expense. I'm like, okay, I don't need these shoes, but I got to figure out if they're barefoot or not. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's good. When did you start all of this? I started my website almost three years ago. So not that long ago. No, things have happened fast with it. I started on my own barefoot journey. It's been about five years. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I wanted to, you know, talk to you about shoe options because I think sometimes even I, as someone who's been wearing these shoes for a while, I like go in and I'm like, okay, analysis paralysis at this point. Um, so I want to talk about like some options for getting started that didn't totally break the bank. The ones that maybe covered up your feet a little bit more, or just like give people a starting point, right? Because maybe if I have just five options for a starting point, it's a little easier and not so overwhelming, yes. even though there are many more options, right? We've talked about the tenants of this, but let's say someone's not quite ready to jump into the shoes, even though, you know, I I would like step back and say, are you one of those people who says I can't walk around barefoot in the house? That's Mm -hmm. probably a need for foot exercise and foot strengthening, Mm -hmm. right? In theory, without us being full on, like we've been doing this, I see all the other people doing it and succeeding. I really recommend picking up Katie Bowman's book, Whole Body Barefoot for like some foot exercises. But that would be like, if you're at work all day and you're wearing a shoe, it might be a good mm-hmm. idea. Like, what are you doing all the time? As you said, like, what's the most common shoe you wear would be the first thing to start with. Or if you walk around barefoot, or if you have a certain issue, how can you exercise that particular area? Is there anything else? Like if you're just kind of exploring this as an option, like where would you suggest people start today, even if it's to echo that or to add more to it? I would say that if you just want one thing to do, it's to take your shoes off more often. So like if you're at work and you're sitting at your desk, take your shoes off and wiggle your toes. Like that's literally the first thing to do. Take your shoes off more, wiggle your toes. So if you're sitting at the desk working and just see if you can lift them, spread them, reach them out, press them down on the floor, try to grip the floor with your toes. That would be the first step. In terms of you're ready to look at some shoes and you just want one thing to try out, the brand that you mentioned, actually, the Witten, the W-H-I-T-I-N, it's available on Amazon and it seems to be available at most Amazons worldwide. That is a real favorite first time barefoot shoe that tons of my readers start out with. And then it really kind of seals the deal for them. It's only about 30 bucks. So that one is a great one. If you just want to experience it and see how it feels without really investing from there, I would recommend the next thing that you do, or if you don't like those particular sneakers, you could just jump to this one is my article called the best barefoot shoes and brands for your foot type. And this is really meant to save you on returns. So it has a guide to how to measure your feet and then matches you up with brands that meet your needs. So like if you know you want a thicker sole or you know you have a super thick foot or you have really high arches or your foot's narrow or something like that, it is meant to help you completely pass over the ones that are just going to be a straight up no for you and hone in on the brands that are likely to work. So if you are considering investing in a new pair of barefoot shoes and you want to get it right, that is where I would send. That's where I send everybody to go first. That's a great three-step option. Take your shoes off, (laughs) wiggle your feet. Two, 
maybe use a low cost investment just to try it. So you can like, if you have to wear shoes all day, let's like get them out of a straight jacket. And then three, Mm -hmm. if you're ready to like skip that step or go bigger, go to your website, like measure properly. Cause there's a whole bunch of, you have a whole lot of things around like toe box shape and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And if that seems a little much, then go back to step two and then go back to step three. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people do it just like that. Because for exactly the reason that you mentioned is it feels overwhelming. They just want to know if it can benefit them, Mm -hmm. if it might be right for their lives. And so then they try the $30 sneaker from Amazon. And then, you know, a few weeks later, they're emailing me saying, okay, I'm hooked. I feel great in these. What's next? Of course, that's not everybody, but you know, for a lot of people, it's kind of an eye-opening experience of what that freedom is. For their feet. So you can't just get paid in shoes, right? So that's correct. <laughs> so people can find you on anyasreviews.com. But if people probably use your coupon codes, which is like, you're probably the only person with the coupon codes anyway, let's just get real. If they use your coupon codes, maybe you make like a $2 commission sometime and hopefully that compiles and will help Anya continue to provide us with more reviews. Is there, where else can people find you online or where do you want people to go today? Yeah, so you're right. The website is kind of the main hub and I do use affiliate links where possible. So thank you so much for all of your support there. I also have a new-ish, almost a year old barefoot shoe retail store online called Anya Shop, where I actually have imported some popular European brands over to the U.S. to make them a little bit easier to access. So that's one other place where you can find me and also communicate with my customer service rep if you have some questions about shoes. And then I'm also on social media. So Anya's Reviews is my social media handle on Facebook and Instagram and also on YouTube and Pinterest, <laughs> kind of everywhere. But yes, Instagram and Facebook and then Anya Shop and Anya'sReviews.com are kind of my main things. And so you can contact me through any of those platforms. Perfect. All right. Thanks so much for coming on today, for talking about shoe brands and like helping us not be scared of like the word barefoot (laughs) and what that actually means. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Sharing and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help us succeed with our mission to help integrate the best of East and West and empower you to raise the bar on your health story. Just go to review this podcast.com forward slash less stressed life. That's review this podcast.com forward slash less stressed life. And you'll be taken directly to a page where you can insert your review and hit post. <laughs>